Hey, Jonathan. Yeah, Tanya? I was going to come up with a really great cold open this week, but my ideas were subpar. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, it was like, I don't know, almost like an implosion uh. <laughs> of thought and just not really good. So instead of your thoughts expanding out of your head, they like... Like it imploded. Black hole just sunk inside your brain? Yeah, like a total big sink. Like a pressure cooker. I don't know how pressure cookers work. They just make like... they make things go in instead of out. Is that what they do? Yeah, I took a deep dive thinking about what we could talk about. And then... <laughs> I feel like there's a theme you're hoping I can pick up on. But you have to keep in mind, I don't know anything about the news unless it's video game news. I mean, I had millions and billions of ideas. And, and it didn't work out. They were all dead in the water. <laughs> Whoa, I, I feel something... There's some intense squeaking in this water. There's a leak. <laughs> something something is amiss. Something is escaping. It was like I almost had only like, I don't know, 48 hours of air just to think through this this cold open. and. <laughs> so I, uh, my understanding is some, some people died in a submarine? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I, I noticed everyone was talking about how billionaires are bad, and I was like... Yes, this is not news. And then uh, one of our prior guests on the show, Sari, said, it's really sad, actually. Somebody died in that submarine. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just know people hate billionaires more than usual. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, in terms of this topic, you are a below sea level student. (laughs) Oh, C as in the grade. Yeah. Didn't somebody somebody wanted a, a, a woman to sit on them or something? That's the news... The only submarine news I know, I sort of know, is that a man's dad is on the sub and then he just wanted a woman to sit on him instead of getting his dad out. And then Cardi B, I think, got mad about it. What? This is all I know. I, I, mean, how I can don't you, know about how can that you, part. How can you, when you see a headline like that, you can't think, oh, now I know the news. You think either I'm going to have no idea what this is about, which is... Most likely, or I can try going down the rabbit hole. Do I have uh, two hours free to find out what the heck this story actually is? That's the way headlines are done now, Tanya. Instead of just telling you what's going on, they are invitations to go down the rabbit hole. That's true. You'll never believe what this guy said to his dad while he was eating a gun. What? How do you eat a gun? Why is he going to shoot his dad? And then, you know, two hours later, you've clicked on all the links and yeah, sub links you gotta clink, to get the idea. Click, yeah, yeah, I can't click, click all click those links. Click. I can't. I can't bring myself to know about the submarine. All I know now is that you really wanted to do a <laughs> lot of submarine jokes. And listen, the think about how many puns you can get out of a submarine billionaire. I mean, it's like it could be as five? big as the ocean. <laughs> You're doing Your again. subconscious just yeah. feeds them to you. It's just a, a deep. It's it's almost trench. like so huge that it's Titanic even. <laughs> I can't help it. I just can't help it.
Welcome everyone to another episode of Talking to Women About Video Games. I'm joined again by Tanya. It's me with the great cold opens. And you are filled with vim and vigor and so are our guests today, tonight I should say. We've got Chalora, who is an incredible performer. I don't nice. think that's nice. That's not nice. That no, that was, was great. It was <laughs> from great. Your, your, your cold opens are something to d- dissect and, and make an opinion about. And your opinions of bad things is sometimes good. <laughs> it's just surprising. We've also got Alexandra, who is a surprise guest on the show. Uh, two all-new guests. So nice to have them on. And to theme the show this week... Mm. It just turned into a show about coming out again. (laughs) Last episode, I think, was about coming out. This one is about not being invisible, being present, or deciding to be less visible and be subversive. So almost like before you come out. Before you come out or maybe a way of being... out. Wow. (laughs) The pre-come out. Or the always coming out a little bit. Oh. But never fully. Always coming out. <laughs> but never getting all the way out. Just it's, uh, living on the edge, as, as Aerosmith, the, the bad boys of Boston once sang Aerosmith. Does anyone? They're, they're on their farewell tour. Oh. They're finally done, Aerosmith. Oh. Which is cool. You don't want to talk about Aerosmith? On no, the no, I don't. But I, you know what? I would like to talk about What's is that? that I finally did see the Cure. Oh, concert, that's right, you did, and it was so incredible. You did. You loved it. You loved every second of I it. Loved every second of it. Yeah, it was a, a wonderful thing—a three-hour show, almost. Yep. Yeah. And then almost a three-hour wait in the parking lot to leave the show, but that's okay. It was all worth it. It was all worth it, and it's going to be all worth it. When we kick it over to Chalora to tell us all about her life as a gender performer, a video game streamer, and someone with some big ideas about Nintendo. So fun. Chalora. 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 I'm here with Chalora, who is joining me from a glade somewhere. (laughs) How do you do it? And there's a a, a crumpled, disgruntled, perhaps, hoot hoot, whom I feel as though I relate with deeply. That hoot hoot looks how I often feel. But you look friggin' phenomenal. I don't know how you do it, Chalora. I don't either half the time. Thank you so much for joining us. We first met briefly at PAX as you were listening intently to Sean Alexander Allen, creator of Treachery and Beatdown City. And I was like, this Chalora is an incredibly attentive and focused young woman. And you're willing to be on this show, but I'm hoping this time you do more of the talking. Sean Alexander Allen, great person. But now we're going to get to know the real Chalora. That's my hope. I hope so too. So tell me a little bit about how you got the idea for fusing your interest and passion for video games with drag and gender performance. I would definitely say it was a lot of trauma. (laughs) Drama? Trauma. Trauma. Yeah. The the T word, uh, even worse than the D word, drama. 
Good painful. old trauma. Maybe There's a little no... drama. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. The drama of the trauma. <laughs> uh, they rhyme for a reason. So <laughs> it was trauma that brought you to want to bring them together? Yes. So I didn't know how to express my own like femininity and things like that. Um, and you see a lot of these fierce lay divas in video games, you know, like some of my favorites are like Lindis from Fire Emblem mm. um, or, you know, pick one. There's a million Bayonetta, uh, mm. all of those. And, you know, you can empathize or want to be those people. But when you do drag, you kind of really can be those people. <laughs> so mm. um, it's it's an exaggerated version of uh, femininity, at least for queen makeup anyway, that you can kind of almost be like them to Mm. a level. Interesting. I uh, have never done drag myself, but it's always been my sense that, like a lot of my favorite video game characters, and I'm I say this a lot on the show, so forgive me, listeners. I'm not young anymore. You're you're talking about Bayonetta like they're a classic character. To me, Bayonetta came out like yesterday. Because the older you are, the more things that have been around for 10 years feel like they came out 10 days ago. They didn't Absolutely. have the, the ability to be more. And this ability to love something while kind of making fun of it, but also relating with the parts of it you're making fun of and therefore making fun of yourself is a big part of what I love about a lot of video game stories. I get the sense that drag also has that piece to it, but never having done drag myself, uh, I wanted to hear about that from you. Uh, Camp value is absolutely important to doing drag, you know, like taking yourself not too seriously, um, which I know just being in the call, I'm sure you heard, (laughs) heard me a little bit earlier. You know, sometimes uh, contouring and doing all this makeup is like rolling around in cat shit. So, uh... <laughs> but you look, you don't look like you didn't take it seriously. You look like a, a, a work of art, like a, oh, a, a, a beautiful. <laughs> it's a, it, I, I'm only call, calling it as I see it. it. It takes an incredible amount of patience and focus to do what you do. But I'm not like this. I'm usually a wrinkly old lady or a horse girl. And like, that's where I definitely take the physical to camp as well, as opposed to just beauty. Hmm. Do you actually get on, get in makeup to be a wrinkly lady? Yes. Wow. I'm not a wrinkly lady under this. <laughs> I didn't think not you yet. were. I wasn't I mean, sure time. if that was, I wasn't sure if you were being super self-depreciating or if that you actually... No. Go I mean, one the... day I won't have to paint it on, you know, and um, that'll be the easy time. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is a horse girl? Forgive my ignorance. Like, uh, you know, growing up, there's like, maybe not for you. I don't know. Maybe it's a generation thing. But mm-hmm. um, there was always like that one girl named like Shannon or Mackenzie who had like super long brown hair and she just was obsessed with horses and wouldn't shut up about them. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I do. I do. <laughs> That's a horse girl. So you do a horse girl performance too? I only did that one recently and it was very goofy, just silly, like very like Valley girl. Um, So I do like some role play sometimes just to like change it up, just be goofy, silly. I originally did an old lady character who is a gold digger. Um, She's literally lived from the beginning of time. She's a fossil. Um, And (laughs) she used to like be in love with Chris Hemsworth. But and so like she was like angry with. Uh, Miley Cyrus for a while and she was an advice columnist so you could like troll her you could ask serious questions 
you know, just have fun with her pretty much. And she would answer as a crazy old lady. And uh, I, I eventually used her as a tool to overcome my fear of horror games. Because hmm. if I didn't have to experience it, then I wouldn't be scared. Wow. So I used her as a character to overcome my fear of horror games. And now I love horror games. So in character and out of character? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so interesting. Our sense of ourselves does so much to influence what our automatic responses are to things. Mm. Like I don't like spicy food. And I know part of that is because I've told myself so many times I don't like spicy food and I've had bad experiences of it. I wonder what would happen if I really, like you, were able to embody a character. And if you don't mind me asking, how long did you stay in character as this old woman who loves Chris Helmsworth and apparently also likes horror games? And money. <laughs> <laughs> um somehow it's like mentally very taxing yeah um so i used to do her for maybe a couple hours at a time and then one time for the horror game i was like okay well i want to get through the game so uh i i did her for um maybe like six seven hours to what? get through a couple horror games oh my god um i had a lot more energy that day i don't know but <laughs> afterwards it's like you just don't want to exist for a while <laughs> Well, yeah, to be someone you're not, who is also you, who is an expression of you. And that's my best way of trying to explain that kind of character acting or method acting. Right. Improv, uh, yeah. as, as I can for someone who hasn't done it. It is really taxing. I've heard Meryl Streep, and you remind me of Meryl already a young Meryl who she once said in an interview, do you know who Meryl Streep is? Is she even relevant anymore? I love Meryl Streep. Okay. What a relief. She once said that after really giving it all she can on set for a while, she goes home and doesn't even know who she is anymore. She looks at Meryl Streep as a brand, as a concept, but as a person, there's no Meryl Streep left. She's emptied yeah. her out. She's been someone else all day. And when she's, ready to go home and be her normal self again she can't even find that person or or that person's too exhausted to even show up so it sounds like you did that as the 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 gold digging <laughs> cyrus you're the you're the the streaming meryl streep as far as i'm concerned oh well thank you i did actually um similarly with meryl streep i did um an improv like 10 minute video for it was for a contest of uh julia child so I did a whole skit as improv Julia Child. Um, I couldn't do any cuts. So I had to do it all in one take, which was also like really reminiscent of Julia Child's original work mm. uh, where she couldn't, obviously it was one, everything was one take in 30 minutes. So I had to make creme brulee in 10 minutes. Oh, you were actually less. cooking at the same time? Yeah. And so I made a real creme brulee in 10 minutes. Um, doing the TV magic thing of like having one ready on the side, you know, um, <laughs> but still, but it, it was really fun. It was interesting. As you're speaking, I'm realizing that there are these obvious parallels between drag performance and taking on new identities as playing a video game, because the, for me, the line has always been messy. When I play a game as a woman and a lot of the games 
about women today and and even more so years ago you could tell they were made with the male gaze mm-hmm. in mind that i would yeah. like want to be with that woman right. but then the half the other half the time or more than the other half the time i am the woman so you you need to be able to have deep empathy and and desire to be a woman as well as again more so in the duke nukem forever days and the do you remember this game called wet there was a game they just called wet no but i believe you (laughs) (laughs) it's about a wet a wet woman with a gun i think her name was ruby i kind of love that though (laughs) it's kind of again I, i i i hope we get to stay friends because I love the campsite of things. You're clearly uh, a master of it and could teach me a thing or two about being fun and funny. So I hope you rub off on me in that way. And I can tell you about the old days of games like wet and we'll have a nice exchange. I I mean, the interesting thing about like games like that, at least not that I know everything about it, but like Mm. people might think that um, it's misogynistic or like, sexist and it's meant for the male gaze but at the same time like people like me can kind of like i don't know like appreciate like how beautiful and sexy she is without necessarily objectifying her if that Mm -hmm. makes sense so like i don't know i i maybe i'm just looking at the glass half full thing as opposed to like what it's meant to be but (laughs) well i love that and i would never diminish a positive perspective and i've talked to many women over the years who say don't make fun of lollipop chainsaw or bayonetta or because those are my girls like i love their over the top powerful but cheeky and campy expression of femininity that's who i want to be um and uh, and who would want to take that from anyone speaking of which there was a nintendo direct today and to me one of the the most sincere but can't help but be campy to me anyway women characters who's been around for a whole long time is princess peach i mean her name is literally she's literally named after uh, a succulent fruit Mm. and yet she's and pink you know but at the same time uh very keeping people at uh, arm's length and does a lot of performance she to me is a character who has always given me that royalty feeling of you don't know the real her she's got to do it for the subjects she's got to represent the country just as uh, real royalty and the the british royals i'm thinking of specifically have talked a lot about how they never got to really be themselves because they had to play this character from the start she's playing a character in her new game she's apparently on stage the entire time i don't know if you saw the the trailer i was wondering as someone who maybe has thought about Princess Peach as one of the most popular women characters in games, what she thought of the direction they're going in with her? Uh, I think it's definitely good. Although I kind of wish, I don't know, when I, when I saw it, I was originally thinking like, oh, she's going to have her own adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, or her own spinoff, kind of like, um, I don't remember what the name of it, but like the the Nintendo DS one oh, where she sure. had emotion magic. Yeah, Super um, Princess Peach, I think that yeah. one was called. Yeah. But I'm interested to see the direction they take this in, because I'd love to see her in more powerful roles, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, like, and maybe this is a powerful role for her, which would be good. Um, even if it's not necessarily like strong, powerful women, like I think it will be good anyway, just for her to be in a starring role. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love all the moments I've seen in like Paper Mario and things like that, where she's like baking cakes and, you know, all these things. But I would love to see her in like, I don't know, like when you see her in like uh, Mario Strikers mm. and she's like badass and like kicking soccer balls and, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like such a a change of pace for mm. this sort of almost like porcelain doll kind of mm-hmm. character that we just kind of pick up and we plop on Bowser's lap and then take her and put her back in her castle when we're done. Like, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree yeah. more. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Mario movie, but they definitely made her more the Mario Strikers version of Peach for that, which was nice. This does feel like a potential step back a little bit, but we've only seen like 45 seconds of it. Exactly. The role Nintendo has given to the tough princess has often been Daisy, and they've shied away from featuring her very much, I think because of that, because they're a little afraid to buck gender norms. Mm -hmm. But in the new trailer for Super Mario Wonder, they reveal that Daisy is playable, and she apparently has like brute strength and is in some sort of muscle contest with a big old yeah. turtle boy or something i wondered what you what you thought of daisy getting to be it's, playable in that way i mean i personally love daisy like mm-hmm. the struggle between picking like peach versus daisy is always a tough one mm-hmm. um and i don't know it's interesting to see how they've developed daisy's character over the years like what her identifies daisy versus identifies peach because mm. originally they were just sort of both princesses like one for luigi and one for mario but I feel like Daisy is kind of more like one for Wario. Mm. And so she's kind of buff like Wario and Wario's kind of buff. And I don't know, I'm seeing more of that as opposed to like with Luigi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm loving it. I'm just, I'm here for it. I want to see her kick an ass and doing whatever she wants to do. <laughs> Me too. I'm curious. There is a lot of uncharted territory for her. And it was just spelled out to me recently that if you take the P in Peach and flip it, it could be a D, lowercase, for Daisy. So that goes along with what you're saying with Wario being the the Mario flipped. So I I couldn't agree more that I hope they go in that direction. I just want to throw this in just for fun while I'm here. Mm -hmm. But um, it is... Just an interesting fact that I love about the Mario universe with like, just in relation from like hopping from Daisy to Wario is that um, in an in an edition of Nintendo Power, uh, Wario and Waluigi were written to have a canonical romantic relationship. Wow. And it's just like a queer identity thing that they've never gone back to or, you know, we just it's just interesting that like Nintendo Power put this out and then it's just like radio silence because they probably didn't want to talk about it anymore. I just My think God. it's so weird. I so gotta if, find that. That's if so I have the clip, I can send it to you. But um I just wonder if Daisy could also represent, you know, if if we're gonna make Peach cishet, you know, mm. maybe uh maybe Daisy could be something else. We don't She's know. definitely more I wouldn't say masculine but definitely less going for the porcelain doll trying to be the picture perfect idea of, of femininity. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree. I I couldn't agree more. Was there anything about the direct that really stuck out to you as interesting or different for Nintendo? I, the thing that kind of stuck out to me about the direct was uh, just besides like the things that I was excited about. um, I was happy to finally see like, 
people of color in Pikmin mm. because we've never had that mm-hmm. um, as like one of the um, the pilots or the the yeah. uh, the rescue team. I think they're called this time. When I saw it, I was like, oh, finally, like because I I love Pikmin, so like. I don't know. I just, I I get so sad sometimes that Nintendo is just so exclusive of everyone. Mm -hmm. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to make it visible. They don't. And then like, maybe it's not on purpose or, you know, whatever, but Mm -hmm. purposeful inclusion is, is important these days, in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that Nintendo is essentially done with introducing new mascot characters to try to lead their games it's always designing your own character the new pikmin you actually design your pilot and i believe you can make them a person of color if you want splatoon the same way i feel like they're going that way with zelda i would not be surprised if the next iteration of link is someone you design from the ground up because the new zelda games i'm constantly changing Link's clothes to dress him like Tingle, to dress him like a a woman, to dress him like whoever I want. There's so many options. That's what people want these days. I don't think they, I can't remember the last time a new mascot character for any publisher was all that popular in this age of Minecraft and Fortnite and whatnot. People expect to be able to make their own character and be themselves in the game, which makes sense. It's Pride Month, which is exciting. Did you know that Nintendo secretly seemed to do a Pride sale? No. So I wish I had told you this beforehand, but I didn't think of it until now. If you have a Switch, look for the Hidden Gems of June sale or selection on on switch there's a rainbow colored insignia for it with a big gem on it and you go to it and it's all games that just happen to be about not straight people night in the woods (laughs) (laughs) or or i have to look at the queer folks yeah i'd have to look at the full list to to get a sense i know uh speed dating for ghosts is on there yeah definitely a fun queer game uh a lot of them just seem to but they won't come out and say it as you're saying you get this sense that nintendo has people there who really want to be progressive and to to bring the company up to modern standards for social intelligence if if sorry to be blunt i write for a fake nintendo power magazine called nintendo force i clearly like nintendo uh yeah yeah, i'll try to send you an issue maybe we can even get you in there somehow that'll that'll be my dream yeah it'll be fun uh but they are as far as i can tell from the top down somewhat behind the times but i get the sense there's people there that really want to do better I mean, the thing about Nintendo, at least from my research and my experience, like one of our first trans characters or, you know, objectively trans characters is Birdo. Mm. And um, it just like from our history of if you look through the history of trans characters, except for example, in, in gaming, a lot of times it's not blatantly written, but it's all under the surface and so i feel like we've had these you know queer lgbt folks behind the scenes under the covers sort of 
you know, working in this information, but they can't blatantly go out and say it. Mm. And um, I just think that these companies and things like that don't want to rock the boat, especially Mm -hmm. like, you know, America's a weird place right now (laughs) for all these things. And from what I've seen of like how competitive Pokemon as a company can be, for example, um, and how like their goals are Mm. are just so high. So Mm. if they breach anything, they know that those numbers might go down and that Mm -hmm. scares the living crap out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mind personally a little bit of the under the table stuff. You know, if we identify with it, it's enough for me personally. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a character in one of the Pokemon games who says, I used to be a black belt or whatever. Oh, I remember that um, character. Yeah. Yeah. She's a beauty type character now and you you fight her in a battle. And um, in that particular game, black belts, or the the type of character black belts is only male mm-hmm. or male presenting. So uh, for her to say that kind of indicates something that you can assume doesn't mean it's real. Doesn't mean it's true, but if we can take it for ourselves and we digest it that way, why not? You know, we can have what we want to have. Mm. I also, for whatever reason, and maybe again, this is my age talking. I relate with, people who are trying to tell you who they are but can't because of the powers that be like i relate deeply with the writer who snuck that in maybe more so in some ways than i do relate with people who i'm so happy are there who are completely out and direct but i rarely get to be totally direct about who i am in any given situation so there's a certain courage in sneaking it in when you have to, in order to get it by corporate. And it's so weird. You're absolutely right. Pokemon company is so hyper-focused on the basic biggest success. They will put out games though, that are like clearly super buggy and not done, but afraid of like gender and race representation. It's a, Right. It's a funny thing. It's a funny thing where there's a reason why they're them and we're us, I suppose. But uh, I, I'm glad that overall things are showing some improvement, I think. I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Did, did you ever play Captain Rainbow? No. <laughs> if you ever come to Boston, I'm going to pop it in my hacked Wii. Uh, we can play it. It's the game that reveals that Birdo has a vibrator. Oh, that's the, that's the whole plot. Is it of... the ring? <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, blurred out because it's a it's not an M rated game. It's a, a Japan only game. But one of the first plots is. Birdo is in jail. I, if I remember, I can't believe this is real. I, I might have dreamt this. It's been a long time. But if I remember correctly, Birdo is in jail for using a woman's bathroom and says can you prove to the world i'm a woman and birdo in the game has a really deep voice and their name is actually Catherine. and the way you prove to the police that birdo is a woman is you find birdo's massager which is this long cylindrical object you find under birdo's bed bring it to the cops who are robots by the way which i thought was talking about (laughs) nintendo deciding to be subversive every once in a while this game was never localized it sold like ten thousand copies it bombed i imported it right away and and like they made a bomb on purpose (laughs) (laughs) almost almost yeah uh because they wanted to either sink or swim with something that has some 
legit messaging in there uh I, i'm glad to have been the one to tell you about captain rainbow yeah, i hope you, you find out about it your, yourself that would be a fun one to watch you stream they they did a fan translation so if you have the capacity to play those things it's something you could do i don't know put it in my repertoire <laughs> well chalora it's we've talked for so long i can clearly talk your ear off uh, but we should probably close up while the getting's good. Uh, anything you want to drop us with before we go? We'll certainly plug your various. Oh, your geez, you're all over the place. Here's your business card. My old uh, business card. From two oh, is years this old? Ago. Oh, this it's is very old. <laughs> I've, I've kept it in my wallet for like a year. Uh, there, you're on all the the places. We'll we'll put that stuff uh, in the show notes for this episode. Anything else you wanted to to leave us with before we go? I'll be in a show called wigs and wyverns very soon it's a um drag dnd show uh that'll be available on twitch.tv slash stream queens um we're supposedly airing it every two weeks we haven't started it yet but it's it's starting in july um i do stream myself every tuesday wednesday friday and saturday uh, post on youtube every tuesday and thursday i post on tiktok almost every day <laughs> so it's it's non-stop if you want me i'm all i'm here all the time <laughs> Chalora, thank you so much for joining us on the show yeah thank you for having me the hills are alive with the sound of <laughs> with songs they have sung for a thousand <laughs> so fantastic to talk to Chalora rare that someone can wow me with Nintendo trivia because I know a lot of Nintendo trivia, but Shalora told us and showed me that in Nintendo Power, it was implied that Wario and Waluigi are a couple. Just amazing. Oh. And it got me thinking about how many big video game franchises have been willing to have characters come out, actually show queer characters in their games. It's it's not as many as I would hope, frankly. It, uh, we still got a long way to go. But I thought we would suddenly do a new uh, quiz game where I quiz Tanya on... Oh! Does it get queer or not? We're gonna find out. So Tanya, uh, number one. Yes. Sonic the Hedgehog. Does it get queer or not? Yes. It does? Yes. I'm gonna say... Am I incorrect? The games do not. God damn it. But the comics do have two queer characters, <sighs> Bill and Max. And in the live action movies, of all places, there is a character named Stone who seems to be madly in love with Jim Carrey's character, Eggman, also known as Dr. Robotnik. So Sonic, as a franchise, has gotten queer. But the so games refuse. Okay, so how do I know if I got a point on the buzzer? I'm giving you a point. Okay. Even though the answer is no. You're still getting a point. Final Fantasy VI. Does it get queer or not? Yes. You're correct. There is yes, a new yes, character. Yes. His name is Leon... What is his name? He turns into a dragon. He turns into a gay muscle dragon. Uh, according to the gamer, Final Fantasy 16's queer rep is great, but it could have been better. So mm. read about it on the gamer if you want. The name of the character, and this game just came out, so forgive me for not knowing all about it myself. Dion Lesage. And my understanding is the initial translation of his name was Dion Lestrange. 
Oh, which is that's not what you want to name you wanted, gay yeah, characters. Yeah. Okay. But he's gay. Final Fantasy, finally getting gay. I'm much more interested in the game now that I know it. I'm biased towards the gays. I can't help it. Two for two. Two for two. I'm just wanting to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's the all, game. That's all you ever Do want. Do I get a prize? Uh, yes. Sweet. You will get a bunch of G Fuel in the mail. Oh. We, we are getting G Fuel in the mail for a future uh, product review. Resident Evil, does it get queer or not? Oh. Jonathan, I... <laughs> Something tells me that it doesn't, but I'm going to say it does. I don't think so. This is up for debate. If they never say a character is gay in the game, or queer in the game, but then later in interviews say he's gay, but we never told you from just playing the game. I don't think that counts as actually being queer in the game. It's not queer representation if you're only queer according to a developer later in the interview. There are gay characters in Resident Evil, but you wouldn't know it from playing the games. Okay. I don't know that when people put out new games, they say, and this character's queer. They do. Oh, they do. But then when you play the game, you're like waiting for them to be queer and they just aren't. Um. So it's like... The opposite of what you thought they would do. You thought they would like show them be queer in the game, maybe, but not talk all about it. It's the opposite of that. It's the okay. opposite of good representation, if you ask So me. I was incorrect with this one. Two out of three. <laughs> yeah, to celebrate Pride Month, the director of Resident Evil Resistance confirmed that one of the characters is queer. But didn't actually show. That seems that like a lot of like marketing scheme to exactly. me. Exactly. That's that's yeah. often how it goes. Spider Man, the game, queer or not? I'm gonna go queer. <laughs> that's a great soundbite. There is a pride flag in the Spider Man game that made people so excited that the game was willing to acknowledge that pride flags exist. I don't think there was any actual queer characters. Damn it, game, damn it. But there's a flag that Spider-Man will pose four. next to. This is hard. Give yourself a, a warm pat on the back ah. for even playing. And the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game has a character who quickly says, I've got a girlfriend, and they are a woman. So a little, a little bit queer, but none of the main characters. Not, okay. Nobody who's actually substantial. Just acknowledges that queer people exist. Okay, Which okay. is better than nothing. Okay. I suppose. I guess, but it's still, still, I'm losing here. I'm, I'm at 50%, which is like a D or an F. Well, you really want to win is what I'm sensing yeah. out of all this. Yeah. All right. Give it to me. Just hit me with the next one. The last one I think is going to be Metal Gear. Queer or not? Not queer. Pretty queer, though. What? Pretty, pretty, pretty queer. <laughs> one of the most famous moments in Metal Gear, thanks to one of our past guests on the show, mm -hmm. uh, Maddie, Maddie Cop, who now works for Grasshopper Manufacturer and sells comics of her Metal Gear comics. One of her famous <laughs> comics is a play on the scene of Metal Gear Solid 2, where Snake, or Pliskin, I should say, is talking to the new protagonist, Raiden. Yep. And he's saying, the opponent you're about to face is named Vamp. But they don't call him Vamp because he's a vampire. It's because he's bisexual. 
What? <laughs> they just spell it out that way? Yeah, he just announces it. He's bisexual. <laughs> really, really throaty about really it. Really non-binary. <laughs> and there's a Metal Gear Solid 3 that came after that. There's like some stuff that at the time I just took it as camp and it didn't bother me, but it's like borderline sexual assault between two men. Like grabbing Whoa. a crotch for a long time and I think electrocuting it with electric sex powers. So wow. I'm not, not fully on board with a lot of that stuff. Metal Gear, boy oh boy do I go back and forth on aspects. I love the absurdity, I love the surrealism, I love some of the messages behind Metal Gear, but sometimes the delivery makes me wonder, like, how much empathy was packed into this? empathy. I want the good heart. I want the good times. That's who I am. And we're going to get some of those hearts and good times from our next guest, Alexandra, who works for a video game company. That's it? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking QA under NBA, it's Alexandria Ray and Jonathan Holmes, yeah. I'm here with Alexandra, who just hello. Did, uh, hello. Thanks so Hi. much for being on. You impromptu took the call. I put the call out on Twitter. Any not men want to talk to me about video games? And minutes later, Alexandra says, "I'll do yeah, it." I I just happened to be scrolling on by when you tweeted, and I was like, "You know, that's me. You described me. I'm here." <laughs> Let's it's my it. lucky day that you were scrolling <laughs> your feed and that you followed me enough to to see me. Thanks so much for for being here, Alexandra. You it is work absolutely in, a pleasure. Means a lot. You work in this video game industry. I, you're I, you're I you're do. not just someone who follows me on Twitter. You're someone no. who beyond that has a place in this industry. I yeah, I'm, I have a, a butt firmly in a seat at a video game company reel. Wow. A real video game company. Real video game company. I go to work there 40 hours a week. Uh, I get my weekends off. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I'm glad. Now we're all guessing which one of the many video game companies actually lets their staff take the weekends off. It's Well, not... it, it's uh, as we've discussed uh, before we started recording, mm -hmm. I can't say because if I do say I have to speak to people beforehand uh, in a legal way. Uh, so I, I can say I don't work for like Sega or Nintendo or like Sony or anything like that. It is so uh, kind of you to uh, <laughs> snatch that mystery from the listeners' minds quickly but, enough. They're not going to be thinking you're Miyamoto anymore. I'm not. I'm, you know what? Like, I would love to be. I'd really love to be Miyamoto, the, the guy that made Mario. Like, wow. That would be really cool. Yeah. Pretty neat job. Though yeah. though many are wondering where he's at these days with his creativity because his last big new franchise was Pikmin. 
that mm. he just won't stop making those. Even oh, when he loves Pikmin, he loves Pikmin. I love Pikmin too. <laughs> I get it, but yeah. it never became Mario or Zelda. No. And yet he acts like it is. Like there, there yeah. are so many Pikmin games. They're relentless in their <laughs> urge to get us to love it, even though it's a cult hit in my estimation. Yeah. I mean, people do love it, right? Like that's why they keep making them. Obviously, enough people are, are buying it for them to not have to turn around like, uh, look, uh, Shigeru, this ain't working out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, not to go on and on about Pikmin, but there was a huge gap between Pikmin 2 and Pikmin 3. I think it was uh, nine years. And he was just like, the loading screen is going to be Pikmin. We're making an <laughs> AR game. It's Pikmin. He just wouldn't stop with the Pikmin because he truly loves them. Do you get to show your love for the industry in your job? I hope so. But if the I, answer is no, no one will hate your company for it because they don't the, know. Who absolutely. Is. I have like my desk uh, has got like, I got a little um, Halo Spartan holding a trans flag on my desk. Oh. Uh, I have a little Mario 3 uh, Tanuki Mario. I have Banjo and Kazooie uh, on there. Those are like the three pillars <laughs> of video games that uh, that mean like i'd say probably the most to me um the like the halo series halo 2 in particular mm. um banjo kazooie and the uh, various super mario games but specifically super mario Bros. 3 uh and i also i'd say like my love of, of video games i think i it kind of shows in my in my work uh i work in qa Mm. Um, and I just like try to put everything I have into like finding bugs and helping other people uh, find and write really nice looking tickets for bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So much to unpack there. I see Banjo-Kazooie as sitting in between. If there's yeah. a Venn diagram between Mario and Halo, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie is somewhere in the middle where they... They overlap. And yeah. it's wonderful that you're able to have that breadth of interest in games. Because <laughs> the, the, they're, I, in my opinion, Mario and Halo are pretty darn different. They're pretty different, yeah. <laughs> fun fact about me, not to talk too much about myself, but oof, 16, 17 years ago, maybe, mm. I made a sprite sheet for Mario to dress as Master Chief. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it came called Mushroom Kingdom Fusion or Super Mario Fusion. And they, they used it. it. It's actually still in play. People download Whoa. this fan game and say, oh, pretty good. Mario as uh, Master Chief sprites. <laughs> Those are all mine, everybody. But they didn't. I don't think they even knew my real name. I just sent them much as you are talking to me now. I know your name is Alexandra, but I don't mm. know your last name. I don't know the company you work for. It's it's, it's sort of freeing to be incognito. In that yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I go by uh, Alexandra Valentine um, on Twitter, but uh, spoilers, that's not my last name. That's my middle name. I don't really tell people my last name for a similar reason that I don't mention where I work for because I don't want people to really, like... You know, I want a, a certain degree of freedom. I don't want people to be able to like find and know exactly who I am. I'll, I'll let mm. that information out to my close friends, the people I really, really super trust. But otherwise, like, hey, you got to get a little bit close to me for that. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, so interesting and so good. Such a wise choice on your part. Your sort of incognito existence is part of being a QA tester. Sadly, I feel QA 
often is mm. totally invisible and yeah. people don't understand yeah well you love games by miyamoto kojima suda 51 or whatever yeah but if their testers are bad you're not going to love those games most likely i'm sure a lot of the stuff you get sent isn't ready to go and only <sighs> after the testing phase and yeah. the the notes get sent back to to adjust things not only yeah. because of technical problems but also just experience problems if mm -hmm. you don't have fun playing a game i'm i'm hoping you get a chance to tell people so they yeah, can work on it that's a really good point like a lot i think there's a lot of misconception about like what qa testers actually do like yes a very large part of the job is playing video games um but there is a lot more to it um than that you you really get to to know a game like inside and out like like the back of your hand and like, mm. like almost a a really like personal uh <laughs> level you know things about the game that even the devs don't know um mm. that's a really important part of it as well like that's kind of what separates you from from the i mean the devs know the the code but like you know how the code like actually behaves yeah and it's it's really sad to like see um qa as you say be like invisible um i've heard stories from people who i work with um who they they worked at a, at a different company which will also remain nameless mm. but they weren't even allowed to speak to developers without permission like that is how like lower class qa was seen um, at that company and so I'm like super, super privileged to be in a position that I'm at where, as I said, they let us have weekends off. Um, the time there is super flexible. You can show up when you want and like leave where you want as long as you, you know, you do 40 hours in, in a week. Mm -hmm. And we're treated really, really, really super well. Um, they they organize a, a lot of really cool stuff for us to to do because I guess they they understand like, you know, a, a, a happy worker is a, is a healthy worker, which is something mm. a lot of companies like kind of don't really get. And yeah, it is really frustrating as a QA tester to see um, the kind of the thing that, that we've both seen where people say, oh, well, you know, this game is bad. Were they even testing it? Like, yeah, no, yeah, they were like, trust me. Like I saw that specifically in relation to the, the, the PC version of the last of us and mm. People are like, wow, oh, were they even testing it? Like, yeah, no, like the bugs that you're seeing that show up in, in funny videos online, like the testers knew and they sent it back on multiple tickets to developers. Mm. The developers have seen those tickets, but a producer has come in and gone, I, we don't have time to fix that. Can we mm. like focus on making sure the game is like playable from start to, to end uh, first and then we'll we'll fix the other stuff. Um, Jedi Survivor as well is another one. People were complaining about frame rates and stuff and I'm just out there like at, at the end of the day that broadly does not matter mm. to, the, to the company. Uh, what matters is that they ship the product and mm. that it's out and that it can be played from front to back with, without um, any big like blocking issues. Yeah, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what what qa is but it, it really is about understanding a game at a, at a like fundamental uh level and knowing it so well that you know like immediately like oh this this is wrong this this, this shouldn't do that that is not how that's meant to to perform um we even sometimes have uh devs coming to us with questions about um the game because they they don't know because we we play it and and they don't they they, oh, they, sure. just, they just program it 
Yeah. Um, well, it, yeah. you know, when I write something or do a video or something along those lines, I don't know what the good part is. Mm. Sometimes I can tell a year later something I wrote about a game called Axiom Verge. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. It just came back after I wrote it maybe two years ago. It just went to print. And I saw a sentence that's just like awful. Most of it's good, <laughs> but one sentence was bad. And I'm like, can we fix this? But it's too late. If I had had QA also, uh, or an editor uh, yeah. uh, uh, who was, I had an editor, but an, another editor, I guess. Right. <laughs> and that's what QA is. It's like a, an editor for the editor. It's a, a, a third or fourth set of eyes. Yeah. You get to see things in a totally different light than the people who are so close to it because they're they're making it and playing it in a specific mm -hmm. way. When they test their own game, it's like running around in their own head. They know their head already and are naturally going to gravitate towards exploring it in the same ways. You don't know their head. So you're no. running around in a way that seems natural to you, which is very different than, than what they may have. Um, I'm wondering, though, does this make it so when you just play video games for fun still... Can you mm -hmm. even take off your, your QA hat? Or you, you... you know, it's funny. That has become like part of, and I always even say before I started um, in QA, I just kind of had a knack for finding bugs, mm. um, which I kind of brought up in my interview, actually. <laughs> oh, when you got the job. Yeah, yeah. Before I got the job, when I interviewed before, I was like, you know, I just kind of have a natural knack for this. Mm. Um, but yeah, since having the job, yeah, like I do see issues that I don't think the average person sees. And like a part of my head is like, oh, I bet this is behaving like that because of this mm. <laughs> that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So you, um, you have the sense of how the sausage is made as you're a, li it, a little so bit. Speak. Yeah. Like yeah. once you've seen the behind the other side of the curtain, it's really difficult to like draw the curtain shut again and pretend mm. that what's behind it isn't there. Yeah. Um, I even um, on my on my Twitter, if you scroll back a bit, I've even done a post about like buggy stormtroopers that i found in jedi survivor i was like look at this isn't this fun <laughs> just... well there is a whole audience now for reveling in the humanity of bugs in oh, yeah. games it feels like this pristine unreal world where everything is math and everything is perfect because it's made by a computer but then you find mm. this really yeah it is Soft not mistakes there, there's there's a lot of it you know there's a human being sitting at every single one of those computers mm -hmm. in, in the office you know yeah. it's not is there still like a, a thing where people think like oh well uh code goes in and like game comes out like is that even still a thing that people <laughs> oh think sure anymore? sure sure people think you can just hit the good game button and make the game good that is a joke that i've seen actually go around my office i think it was about was about like porting stuff to to other platforms it's like yeah you just press the port button and out comes the playstation 5 version <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it is rebuilding it from scratch yep. very often and you easy know, you, you just you press use... one button and it's done <laughs> <laughs> the the lack of curiosity that this is gonna sound mean but 
I'm got to be honest with with the mm. people about what actually happens. There's a lot of folks who just want to be entertained. I haven't talked yeah. super negatively about them in a while, but they're not intellectually curious about how things mm. get made, who they're made by, yeah. why they were made. They think video game is there to make yeah. me happy. Yeah. And if they did bad at making me happy, <laughs> then they are bad. They are yeah. lazy. They are stupid. They are bad people without knowing that it was an entire, entire process behind yeah. it. It sounds like you have wondered about who makes games and how they make them for a little while. If but, you're exploring the, the bugs and the, the exploits in them. Yeah, no, like always, always. Uh, I have been interested in video games and how they are made pretty much since like i was a very small child wow. uh i i picked up a super nintendo controller when i was four um my first game was uh super mario all-stars for uh, super nintendo mm -hmm. first game i played was super mario Bros. 3 mm. and you know started moving the, the character around and that was it i was like oh this fucking whips this is the best <laughs> And like that feeling just never went away. I was like, I, I want, I need more. I have to have more. And that just never went away. Um, that's wonderful. Until I talked to my parents about it and they were like, we never knew bringing home that Super Nintendo was going to actually land you <laughs> in the industry one day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, just real quick, any thoughts? Because you're gushing about your love of traditional 2D Mario games. There was mm. a new one announced oh, just yesterday. Yes. Any yes, thoughts yes. about how it looks? People are oh, saying... 2D Mario, who cares? 3D have, is the only good ones. What are what I'll, are your thoughts? All right. I mean, look, Super Mario Odyssey is is a fantastic Mario game. Uh it, it is it, it stands as like one of my absolute all-time favorite Mario games at the moment. Mm. But the Super Mario Bros. Wonder looks like I'm really excited about it because it looks really different and mm. really uh yeah that is the main thing it looks really like weird and different mm -hmm. and mario hasn't been like weird with it for a hot second mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. seeing like new uh power-ups is really like exciting because like every mario game every 2d mario game like the new super mario Bros. games they had essentially the same power-ups and mm -hmm. a lot of like returning ones from like older games sure. um, for, for the longest time so seeing like new shit and they're obviously like trying different ideas it looks like way way more dynamic than previous 2d mario games have been and i absolutely like i love the fucking like the art style mm. they've like very obviously gone back and like looked at the old um like drawn like from the manual poses mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. mario has gotten like the like super mario world uh, manual and like th even like the the one of the running like the running jump pose is literally the front cover of super mario Bros. 3 that that's yeah. what he's doing and he with jumps. the arms stretched out yeah 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 no i'm really uh really excited to to play that um i i see that game and i'm like oh yes i'm a kid again yes <laughs> take me back <laughs> take me back yes this oh, thing that's looks amazing. Really, really looks really really cool i'm really really super excited for it i there is a part of me that's like ah oh, new odyssey 2 but also this looks sick so i'm mm. really super excited to play it absolutely 
That's great. And it's not there instead of Odyssey 2 is my guess. They need no. to pace themselves with yeah. which kind of Mario are doing that time. They'll do a 3D one. They'll do a Maker. Yeah. They'll do Mario Kart. Yeah. They'll do a Mario RPG. Don't they'll do worry. some Mario sports games. And then they'll get back around. And then they do a new 2D one. Then they'll get around to a big 3D one. There is always, always going to be more Mario. I don't think anybody should be concerned that Mario <laughs> is going to like disappear. He's always going to be around. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I think we're almost out of time. Alexandra, Dang. anything else you wanted to talk about before <laughs> we close up? Uh, I guess I can talk a little bit about what I do uh, online. Yeah, please do. Uh, so uh, very, very brief. Uh, I do Twitch streams with my uh, good buddy, Vile Moon. He is a large proponent of why I'm even in the industry in the first place. We made videos together on the something awful website of, uh, well, it's still around, but we don't, we don't, we don't post there anymore. Um, (laughs) We made videos together for a very, very, very long time. And that was essentially my industry experience on my CV when I applied and they gave me the job. Um, So uh, love you, buddy. Um, You can find us. We stream every Saturday and Sunday at twitch.tv slash x splash zone x um and you can also find a really cool podcast that i do with my buddy tom um at uh, flashinapancast.com where we talk about like old flash animations uh, old uh internet animation stuff we do a little bit of archaeology a little bit of uh, research into this stuff and just kind of discuss about how it's aged how we feel about it it's a good podcast sounds wonderful I'll have to check it out. It is like finding hieroglyphics these days to find <laughs> yeah. a functioning flash animation that hasn't been translated to modern tech. It's it's really exciting to keep that stuff alive. So mm-hmm. you're you're making new things at a secret company somewhere and you're doing <laughs> not so secret things about older stuff yes. today and enjoying it so much. And we enjoyed talking to you so much. Thank you so much. Thank Jonathan. you very much for, for having me, Jonathan. Absolute pleasure. Alexandra, you are a mystery, but that's why you are so far. So wonderful to talk to Alexandra. One of the games Alexandra might have worked on, but probably didn't, but maybe, is this new Spider-Man game coming out. And you, Tanya, are sort of new to getting into Spider-Man. Yeah. From what I can tell. You liked the last Tom Holland movie somewhat with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Spoilers, everyone who didn't know it, but the most recent live-action Spider-Man movie gets them all back together. And you just saw Into the Spider-Verse for the first time recently. It was fantastic. You liked it? Yeah, and I don't really like cartoon movies or Mm. cartoon shows yeah yeah you're not a big animation fan you like old school disney sometimes yeah sword in the stone robin hood not as big a fan of the modern cgi animation all that much but spider-verse got you going how do you feel about the new spider-man 2 game that has miles morales in it i don't know if you realize it's supposed to be the same character well it doesn't match the same feel of the movie Mm. But I don't know. It sort of looked like it could be fun to play. Hmm. So it sounds like you'd rather watch the Spider-Verse movie for the visuals. But if you got to play the Spider-Man game, 
which has Miles Morales in it, but it's like realistic. Well, to me, what's puzzling is that the movie, and most people associate movies with realism, looks wild and abstract. Whereas the game, which people usually associate video games with abstraction, all the most popular video games in the world don't look like real life. Mm. Minecraft, Fortnite, etc. For the Spider-Man game, they're trying to make it look like real life, real people. It's pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you prefer if the game looked as wild as the movie? Oh, it sort of all depends. I feel like the way that the game is feels like there's a lot of limitations to it. Like, I'm thinking about the world in which you move around in. It probably doesn't have as many options. Mm. I'm thinking like Grand Theft Auto or, you know, other other types of games where you can really just go around and explore and just like do stuff. It seems like it's, I may be wrong, but it seems like this Spider-Man game is so focused on the realism that it's probably more directional and you don't have like a whole world to play around in. So interesting. They have failed so badly. We watched two trailers for this Spider-Man 2 game tonight. Yeah. They did not communicate to you at all in these trailers that all you do in the game is go around the entire world. It has no linearness at all. The whole point of the game is to get to be free to spin your web and swing anywhere so you want to go. So it's exactly the opposite of what I thought it would be. It's exactly the opposite of what you thought it would be based on the trailers they showed. So the trailer's job was to show you what the game was. They assume everybody already knows because in the AAA video game world it's very insular Everyone just talked about Spider-Man all the time for like six years. So they think everybody already knows. So we don't need to show them the trailer of all the, the fun stuff. We'll just show them the trailer of how you get the symbiote suit now and you, you punch some guys. That'll wow them. Hmm. And you were wowed by the symbiote suit and the punching of the guys. But if you knew that you could swing all over the place, you would have been a lot more interested. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it was a little too focused on... Just the frame you're in mm, mm -hmm. and not the capabilities of really exploring and just being a Spider-Man. And I would double down on that having played the Spider-Man game a bit and watched the Spider-Verse movie. The Spider-Verse movie makes you feel like you've got powers. The Spider-Man game initially is like, wow, I've got powers. And then after a while, it's just a means to an end. I'm swinging around. Just, just, swing like, around. just like any other kind of fighting game. Yeah, any game about traversal, really, or combat. After a while, it's just using the tools to meet the need, to get the mission, to unlock the new content, to see the new place. It's, it's still fun. It's a fun way to get around, but it gets you get numb to it pretty quickly because visually, it's always essentially the same. And people are even complaining that this new Spider-Man 2 game uses the same web-slinging animations as the first one. So they're like, oh... That's tired. Just kind of, the t <laughs> just kind, of <laughs> kind of tired. But it sounds like you're willing to accept the realistic Miles Morales well, in the Spider-Man game as long as it's fun to play. It seems to me like it probably is interesting for an hour or two. Mm. And then you've pretty much achieved the goal. You've kicked some ass and <laughs> gone around, I guess. There's bosses. There's stuff to unlock. Mm. There's story bits. But that's how I would probably feel about it personally. Like, what more is there to it other than a lot of the same? Yeah. You're not going to an ice level and a lava level and all that old school video game stuff. You're in New York City. You're fighting different enemies. You're fighting different bosses. The story unfolds. But you're just Spider-Man in New York City. That's essentially 
essentially the deal. And for me, I need Spider-Verse level visuals to keep that interesting. But then I just found out today that the new Spider-Verse movie, Across the Spider-Verse, was made under adverse conditions. Many of the animators suffered from health issues, according to, I think it was four Jeez. animators who came out. I'm not hearing those stories about the Spider-Man game. So now I'm having a crisis of faith as to whether I want things to be visually astounding or if I want them to look pretty good, like the Spider-Man game, but I'm hoping people aren't dying from crunch on the Spider-Man game. But they're probably both dying from crunch. There's probably no way to win. It's probably that everything... Jonathan. There's probably that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, unfortunately. <sighs> so I just am going to enjoy the things I like and be loud about when I know that they were made under horrendous conditions and hope that those conditions change and fight for the people fighting for those conditions to change. I really hope... On the next Spider-Verse movie, they treat the animators better. And if they don't, even though I loved the second Spider-Verse movie, I will not pay to see the next one if I find out that the, it was made under those conditions. I wouldn't have seen the second one if I knew, but it was too late. I'd already seen it and loved it, so. Now I'm cursed. Cursed oh with a tainted goodness. love. Tainted love for Spider-Verse. What do you do? Your principles or your likes? <laughs> so, that is the question people ask themselves. Hundreds of times a day these days. What can you do? Well, we're going to wrap up the show. Yeah. What another wonderful episode. Uh, I didn't even talk about how Alexandra has an invisible job and Miles Morales can turn invisible. It's like they're somehow connected. Yeah, it's like there was a segue in there that I could have done, but I didn't do. Now that it's too late. I got to just move on to the show. I'm just looking, staring at your cat, Biggie. He's totally captivated in my mind. He's yeah. got a he's kind like of a, a perfect cat. He, he looks like a little gray apple head. Is he kind of like the No More Heroes cat? He does look a lot like Gene from No More Heroes. He's a little bit less dark, but I don't hold that against him. You can be as light as you want to be, Biggie. He didn't have a choice. No, he's just born, born this way. way. So pink, was I. Pink nose. My, my son looked at me this morning and he said, Dad, I don't really feel like you're a person. <laughs> I expected it would be like, oh... You think I'm like Superman? You think I can do it all? But I didn't lead him. I said, what do you mean? What, what do you mean I'm not like a person? He's like, I know a lot of people. None of them are bald with light brown skin. You're the only one. I'm like, so your idea of people is based on everyone else but me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're something else, Dad. You're, you're just like this weird thing I talk to. Sometimes. He said you're a weird thing. I he think talks so. To. Something along those lines. Holding Aww. my hands, looking up at me, smiling. I know that we're bonded, but he is brutally honest, like so many people in my life. They just. Oh, uh, Jonathan. I'm not complaining. I love the brutal honesty. I like to know how it's going for people so I can adjust uh, as I can and also just get to see who they really are. How do you protect yourself? Uh, very thick skin, I guess. No, oh. no uh, hmm. real. Concern about it? Just, we're all going to die anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Just mm. hope to get to know people as best I can before I go. And that on that a, note. That took a dark it turn often at does, the end. It often yeah. does. I've always got that in me a little bit, that, well, we're just going to die anyway. I let it out on the show every once in a while. So while we're all still here, living, laughing, and loving. That's right. On the planet Earth. Why don't you enjoy my many video game magazines? <laughs> I'm working on the next issue of Nintendo Force. It actually... Oof, this episode will come out on a Tuesday. The cutoff for the next Nintendo Force is Monday. So you've just missed it. 
You missed it yet again, if this is the 10th time you've heard me say, get the next Nintendo Force. But you can always check it out later, or you can DM me on Twitter and be like, hey, I just want to read it. Well, all right, I'll, I'll help I'll you out. I'll loan you a copy. I'll loan you a copy. If you get it back to me sometime. Yeah, 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 put it in the snail mail. Or, uh, you know, we'll figure out some sort of trade. Maybe you can give me an old issue of... Uh, Penthouse forums. <laughs> Do you remember? Just what you're looking for. Do you know about penthouse forums? It was all just erotic lit. No yeah. pictures of sexy ladies. Just writing about like sex in cars. And stuff. Yeah, geared towards cis men. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I, my recollections of penthouse forums are as vague as recollections get. It was we're talking 30 years ago. But uh, I'll trade you. I'll trade you a Nintendo Force for Penthouse Forums. Or just DM me. I'll figure out a way to help you out. Also, Lock On Issue 5, I just found out. I did interviews for that last year. Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Tom Happ, creator of the Axiom Verge games. That's finally going to print. So if you ordered that, you're going to get yours within a month or so, I hope. And if you haven't ordered it yet, they're now taking more orders. So get on that. Lock On Issue 5 should be good. And you, Tanya. Uh, oh. <laughs> you're just thinking about those Cure posters. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, am I ever. That's right. Yeah, the Cure um, has released a limited edition poster for every single tour. Mm. Like, every single show on their tour that is themed towards their the city that they visit in some mm. way. Mm -hmm. Local artists, I think some proceeds go to charities and stuff. But, oh my God, there is one uh, New York City one where it's Robert Smith's face in like a Gotham style mm. comic with him crying. But in the foreground, there's a cab with him also in the cab. With red eyes. Glowing eyes. Yeah. It's just so fucking good. <laughs> Everyone's a delight. Yeah, except for the one for that your I city, went to. Boston. Yeah. Yeah. It just has a clown head on it. It's not a clown head. It's a, clown. A, it's a it's a very um, super line drawn theater that if you look far away, you could think that there's a clown face. It's because there's a clown face. It's a straight up clown. It's just a. <laughs> you don't Jonathan, you don't want to believe in that clown face. You know a lot. The Cure fans have all been raving about the Boston poster, and it sold out before the show even ended. Mm. And I'm probably the only person that was like. Meh. Yeah. Like I wasn't into the whole Salem Mass cure thing. I wanted like, I don't know. You wanted the good stuff. One of the good stuff. You didn't want the stuff that was trying to evoke the local flavor you're already yeah, accustomed to. Yeah. You wanted that cure flavor. Yeah. I've had enough of Boston. Man. Yeah, you have. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. We're leaving. We're leaving Boston. Boston. Yeah. We're good just luck. taking a road trip. Yeah. We'll see you on the road. Thanks for listening. Come back next time. Bye bye. That's it. Oh yeah, it's the end. Of Oh, bye. Talking to Women About Video Games is hosted by Jonathan and Tanya, with editing and production by Daniel. Music by Jonathan and Daniel. You can support the show and get exclusive bonuses on Patreon at patreon.com slash ttwav. Thanks for listening. Wet, 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 wet. I'm gonna pop it in my hacked Wii. Wet, 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 wet. Wet, 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 wet. Wet, 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 wet. I hope you rub off on me in that way. Wet, 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 wet. Wet, 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 wet. Wet, There's a certain courage in sneaking it in. Wet, 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 wet. Wet, 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 wet.
wet, 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 powerful, but wet, 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 w